You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. I am your host, comedian Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining me on the show. Oh, boy. If you haven't already, make sure to hit us up on those socials on the Twitter. Hit us up at TNWPod, Instagram, Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram, and drop us a Gmail if you can at TalkingWrestling at gmail.com. Folks, January has got to be one of the best months for wrestling. We have Wrestle Kingdom. We have a New Japan Wrestling pay-per-view at the end of the month, which happened the other night. You have the Royal Rumble and the Road to WrestleMania starting. And it's a great month to be a wrestling fan. This past weekend, NXT, fantastic. The Royal Rumble, amazing. Raw, pretty solid last night uh we're gonna be talking about all that today i have a great guest in house with me today um man this guy he's a comedian in canada that tours the world he does a lot of tours uh for the troops spends a lot of time in europe and uh, is here in canada doing some touring this week he is at absolute comedy in toronto if you were in toronto and you're listening to this you get out to the show friday saturday sunday because i know you're listening to this on thursday brendan mckeegan is my guest today brendan thanks for joining me in studio how are you bud i'm wonderful thanks for having me man oh it's great to have you i know we tried to hook up in ottawa timing wasn't right you said you're coming down to toronto to do some shows i'm like perfect we'll get you in studio where it's actually better i have to do less work when we're in studio absolutely and i think timing wise it works out too because of the rumble and nxc takeover and everything that just kind of happened so yeah so you're in for a great episode we have a lot to talk about now what got you into wrestling like when did you find wrestling and what got you hooked i don't even know uh when i got started in wrestling i just know that i was Um, i mean it must have just been on tv and i just picked it up and saw it i know uh hulk hogan's rock and wrestling the cartoon that's where we took the name from yep i'm aware (laughs) yeah you are um but i mean i had you know i had the big eight inch action figures like the rubber ones um i had the carrying cases for that so that was a big part of my childhood was always wrestling um so a lot of that old stuff is what i kind of came up on in the 80s i mean i remember making my own bret hart costume out of black track pants and a black tank top and my mom got me like fabric paint yeah so you were able to paint it uh, on top of it so i made like my own bret hart costume and me and my stepbrother would wrestle in the basement uh with a couple of other friends and we'd have like tag matches heart foundation versus the rockers or whoever at the time and just had like mattresses and stuff laid out and would just kind of mess around but yeah that that's that was the big part i don't know exactly what got me in i just know that i was and i know that my dad was a big part of like taking me to live events too oh that's fantastic yeah yeah, my mom used to take me to a lot of live events, and uh, we, of course, we did the backyard wrestling and everything, too. Uh, did you have a name for your wrestling league? When I was a kid that young? No. In high school? Yes. Okay, so in high school, what in was In high school, league? we had uh, the one that I started called FTW, which stood for Fantastic Wrestling. Oh, yeah. very nice. <laughs> yeah, very clever, right? Um, and then we made, uh, after that, we merged with ICW. Oh, okay. um, which was, I think, just insane championship wrestling or something like that. Yes. Um, but we would 
rent out, rent out, quote unquote, we would just stay in the auxiliary gym. Yeah. Uh, which is where the weight room was and the pads and stuff like that. And we just laid them out and brought in like cookie sheets from the dollar store <laughs> and a bunch of stuff. That, and we were just stupid. Like, you know, the, we were the reason that they put up the, hey, don't do this at home. Yeah. You know, we were trying moves. We weren't doing anything super insane, like weapon wise. I mean, cookie sheets are cookie sheets. They were just loud. They're very. They're just loud. They're and loud and they're easy to bend on your head. Yeah. Or back. Cookie yeah. sheets are great to hit people with. Yes, exactly. If you got to hit somebody with something and you don't want to cause damage, cookie sheets. And all you the way. want it to look good. Yeah. Sound good. Yeah. Cookie sheets. Oh, and is it the does. Way to go. And it does every time. It sounds like a big thwallop and a whack. So, yeah, they were pretty perfect. But um, that, we didn't even get in trouble. Nobody knew what we were doing. We were filming. I, I, I was in a media arts class and I filmed a wrestling show as my project. And got 93% because <laughs> we made intros for everybody. We had graphics on it. We had music for everybody coming in that I would pipe in in post-production as well, uh, as well as when they came in. So it was yeah. just, it was awesome. We had uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. Oh, my God. The only project I ever did with wrestling involved in high school was uh, I remember uh, I had a, a in typing. Remember when you had to take typing in high school? That's yeah. how old I am, typing. I was like, Ty- who wants to type? That's I'm a grade gonna- nine typing. Yeah, so this is grade nine or ten typing. And uh, the teacher was Mr. Dragashak, Carl. And he loved wrestling. He knew that I liked wrestling. He'd talk wrestling with me every now and again. So I typed up the results to WrestleMania 2, which would happen a long time ago. This is around, we're around WrestleMania 5 at this point. But I did WrestleMania 2, and I typed up the results to each one. And the cover of my project was I traced the slammy. And then I typed X's appropriately. So I had all these X's typed. So I had, I typed, I'm, the cover page was a slammy that I typed. And uh, I got my highest mark in typing ever, 90, because he loved it. And then later I had him three years later for law. And we had to do this big law bristleboard cutout and showing that we understood case law yeah. and all that. So we're partnered up with other people and we're looking for stuff to cut out to put in the cardboard. And I cut out a picture of the big boss man and I put the big boss man front and center yeah. just to represent the law. Absolutely. And, and he's like, and they're like, and he's like, no, this is, this is not wrestling. This is, I'm like, look at he loves wrestling. Trust me on this. He's going to love the big boss man. Yeah. He, I'm, I was right. 100% light. He loves the big boss. I'm like, the, because you had to explain it. And I was like, the big boss man represents the law as uh, he is a uh, prison guard who keeps order in the WWE. You know, like, yeah. people are like, what does this have to do with anything? I'm like, nothing, but I, it's for him. Yeah. I guess there wasn't a lot of pictures of the Mountie around anyway. <laughs> the Mountie was not popular at that point. Yeah, he never was really. No, no. That's and plus there was that uh, infringement on the Mounties. Like remember when they couldn't call him the Mountie, they had to change it to the Quebecers. Yeah. And then they switched and then. The- and the song even said, we're not the Mounties. We are the Quebecers. <laughs> so what they did was they separated themselves from the Quebecers. The Quebecers have separated themselves from being the Mounties. What's, what a brilliant move. What I know. Brilliant, brilliant. It's like turn. the rest of the province tried to follow later on. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, for Americans listening to us, Quebec tried to leave Canada in uh, the 90s and uh, Canada was like no you can't leave so yeah there was a vote and then Quebec voted 
that they didn't want to leave. But the vote was very confusing because you just, it was yes or no. And it was like, yes, we want to leave or no, we don't know we want to leave. What, what, <laughs> which one is it? So people hit like, no, as in, no, we don't want to be in Canada. And they're like, well, they voted to stay. So it was so uh, confusing. The, it was the referendum. It was close. I remember that. It was like it 52 was to close. 48 or something like that. But yeah. It was like American election close. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great that you got into wrestling. My wrestling league was uh, EWS, Edward Street Wrestling Society. <laughs> society. We nice. were a society of folk that enjoyed wrestling with characters like the 800-pound lady, um, which was my sister. She didn't like that, but no. she just got whatever character of we gave her. I was the leaping lizard. I was a Samoan. I, I just basically <laughs> had a flowered uh, bath towel yeah. around my waist, and I taped ankle tape. And tape around my wrists, and yeah. I was like Superfly Snooker. My big finisher was the flying body press off the doghouse. My friend, their family raised dogs for a living, so they had a kennel, and that was our steel cage. We once we cleaned up the shit and out of the kennel, we would use that steel cage to wrestle in for steel cage matches. That's but we, hilarious. We never had video footage of anything, and I wish we did. I really wish we did because I would love to go back and watch it. You know. And uh, be like, this was me when I had dreams of being a wrestler. Yeah. You know, but you take a couple wrestling moves for real and you get that pain. And it's like, oh, oh, shit. No, I don't. I don't want to do this. This is hurts. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> Concussion from a DDT for real, you know? Uh, so. Yeah. I got cracked ribs from it. Yeah. Um, like four or five when I would, when I was training at Squared Circle for like a year. Yeah. So you did train and become a wrestler yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Up for almost a year, I was, uh, I was going to Squared Circle. And this was before I even lost any kind of weight. Um, so, I mean, I just looked like dad bod, but I was still nimble. Um, I could take bumps. I could move. I could run the ropes. I had the technical stuff down pretty well i think i'd seem to be in with some of the guys that were working the indies and just like you know thinking that i was on my way up but then it gets to a point where like i can really only afford to do one job that doesn't pay anything so yeah you can't do comedy, <laughs> so you stick with comedy. yeah so, and then uh, not only that i mean you know just the injuries there i snapped my ankle like i snapped the tendons in my ankle because uh, the mat wasn't tied down properly by one of the students yeah so it uh, kind of bunched up like a loose carpet around my foot when i hit the ropes mm -hmm. and it just kind of held my foot in place and uh, yeah, kind of snapped that off, and that was that was kind of the end where I'm like, all right, well, I haven't been back since then. But did you have a character in mind that you were going to become if you finished the wrestling school? I did. I was going to be Brendan Bash. Brendan Bash. Yeah. So the reason that it started, we were going to do a comedy wrestling show. Uh, there was me, uh, Ryan McGlunnub, K Trev was going to be on it too, and so a bunch of comics got like a free pass to go to this to squared circle wrestling school. Um, so we show up for one and everyone's thinking, yeah, we'll just go to one or two classes, kind of learn something. And then we'll do our show. Yeah. Our comedy wrestling show, which was going to be, we were going to wrestle each other, but it was going to be more like sketch comedy in the ring with a couple of moves here and there. Yeah. At least that's the way I saw it. But these guys thought you could just go to two classes and let's just have matches and we're comedians and it's going to be funny. Um, not thinking logistically like, yeah, but you got to learn a long time how to take, just a proper bump you know like it's not just all right well i took a class i know how to fall let's go guys let's yeah. jump off the top rope like no that's not how it goes at all so uh that ended up fizzling but i just kind of kept going and um i wasn't really paying anything so i didn't feel like 
was, you know, I wasn't enrolled. They knew I wasn't trying to take spots from anybody. Yeah. So I don't think they minded that I was there. It was still pretty helpful. You know, try to be respectful of everybody as well. But it was a really cool experience because at that time I just hated the gym. I didn't, I didn't like the idea of it, and I just wanted to do something different. Yeah. Uh, and that was a great workout in there. How many squats did they make you do? Oh, uh, what was the most that I did at once? I think one fifty. Jeepers, and that's nothing. Yeah. Chris Benoit used to do like 500 before a match. Yeah. Yeah. Like insane. I know. It was funny though, because there was some moves that I did when I had, when I had my beer gut that didn't look like anyone my size should be able to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I had my best kind of finish to a match that we were constructing was basically I get Irish whipped from one turnbuckle to the other, but I run up the turnbuckles. So okay. one, two, three stand and backflip over my opponent and then he kind of slams off the he follows in yeah bounces off the turnbuckles kind of turns back and then i super kick him in the face that's great yeah and uh when i'm you know a beer gut on top of that that backflips over top of somebody you're like you shouldn't be able to do that like why yeah. but it was a lot of fun i made up um a straight jacket ddt that i've since been seeing used at like cody rose was using it for a while yeah um it's the one where you cross the guy like you kick the guy his arms kind of fly out in front of him you grab them and cross them over uh his chest mm -hmm. so he's kind of in that like when someone's laying in a casket sort of thing and their arms are over top of each other yeah so you pull them in and then that way when they're bent over and their hands are touching their opposite shoulders they can't really go anywhere and then you plant them with a ddt oh sweet yeah so it's kind of like the straight jacket you can't escape and uh, I gave it to Johnny Puma, Scott Heim, and okay. uh, he was working ESW, and uh, he's done some promotions up here as well, like he's worked the indies up here, but he was also a comic. So I'm like, hey, what about this movie? Like, what do you think of it? He goes, man, that's great. And then he won the ESW title with it, and I felt really good about that. I'm like, yeah, someone's using it. That's I, I've always wanted, like, when we were wrestling when we were kids, one of our tag team uh, wrestling moves was I would, uh, you know, do the um, the slingshot, not the slingshot, you know, where you grab the guy by the legs and you fall backwards and you slingshot them up. Yeah. So I would do that timed right with somebody coming off the ropes and giving them a clothesline. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So they come back, nice. they come up and they get knocked back down. Never seen that done in wrestling. No. But I think it's a fantastic spot. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, I like the guy, the, the vision of him flying upwards and then just boom, right back down. Yeah. The closest I've seen anything to it was, uh, of course, Young Bucks uh, in a match of Ring of Honor last year, the War of the Worlds here in Toronto, where the guy was on the apron and they both super kicked him in the chin. He fell into, it was a triple tag, triple, a uh, six man tag. Yeah. So he fell off the apron into his buddy's arms and they just threw him back up and he got super kicked in the face again. <laughs> and they just, they did it repeatedly. And uh, it's very entertaining. So NXT, did you see the NXT card at all this that week? That was great. Was it not? Yeah, because I, I'll be honest, like I haven't been paying close attention to the product as far as like modern stuff goes that's on television. Mm -hmm. um, I've gone to some indie shows and things like that. But when it comes to anything that's been on TV, I haven't been watching a lot of TV to begin with, let yeah. alone wrestling. Uh, but I'm like, I got to get into it. Everyone's talking about it again now. Like it seems to be going through a little bit of a resurgence, which is kind of nice. But yeah, what a great card. Um, well, yeah, Johnny Gargano. Like, yeah. Geez, like, that whole match. That whole, and, the, and the fact they gave them over a half an hour for it too. Yes. Was fantastic. Just the whole card in itself. Like I'm, I don't watch NXT every Wednesday because there's no need. I just, I read about it. Right. But I follow, but when they have a takeover or a pay-per-view, 
I definitely always want to see it. And uh, this pay-per-view was fantastic. The first match, I'm trying to think of the first match, who it was, because it was so good. There were so many good matches. Yeah, the in tag the card. match was great, too. The tag match was great. The ladies match. The ladies match was awesome. Yeah. Like, Shayna Brazler, uh, like, why wasn't she in the Rumble? Yeah. I don't know why. That spot where she stomps a girl's arm? Yeah. Jesus. That's so well done. What I a think, great sale. Like, and I can kind of see how they're doing it. Yeah. But, man, does it just look like it's just being snapped. I think the my favorite part of the whole card was there was a part where um, in the main event where Johnny Wrestling was wrestling the champ, he was on the ropes and he he had his head sort of between his legs on the top rope and Johnny Gargano super kicked him through the legs and hit his head. Yeah. It was just something I've never, whenever you watch wrestling and there's something that, like a spot that you've never seen before, I love that. And I love that, um, that the champ, uh, I'm, I'm saying the champ cause I can't really remember his name right now. I should be looking it up. Because uh, I'm not doing anybody any uh, respect uh, by not getting his name, but uh, we all know uh, the champ of NXT. He's a former luchador. They made him take off the mask when he came off when he came to NXT, which is the right choice. But he is a manager who is a female, and she's fantastic. She gave Johnny Gargano a hurricanrana outside the ring into and the steps. It was that into the steel steps. Into the too, steel yeah. steps, which is great, and. You were just waiting for Candace to come out and save her husband. And uh, I felt like you're like, it took them a while to get to that spot. But it's like, where's Candace? Where's Candace? And then finally Candace comes out and everybody's happy that she's in NXT now because after being on the indies for the longest time. And then what a way to end it. Like, he, I thought Johnny was going to win. He doesn't win. And then at the end, his ex tag team partner comes out and thumps him even more. Like, yeah. What a way to end the card. Yeah, yeah. Sorry if you haven't seen it. Spoiler alert. Um, don't listen to this part of the show. Andrada, Andrada Cien Almas? Yes, yeah. that is his name. Yes, and he is fantastic. Yeah. Also on the card, I loved, uh, yeah, the women's match. I love Velveteen Dream. Yeah, you know? I was saying that. I was watching. I'm like, man, what an interesting character because he's super flamboyant. He's got the big earrings. He's got the big flamboyant glasses. He's got an almost women's-esque titantron like it's all very mm-hmm. feminine well he's prince yeah yeah okay i would even say like it's it's almost an unabashed gay character that's just like yeah but i'm i'm still a better wrestler than you I just he's, he's, to he's like gay. a cross between prince and lamar from revenge of the nerds yes yes <laughs> yeah but it was such a great character because i mean he was over with the crowd yeah he was a great worker well he's he's from tough enough yeah he's the only guy that's still wrestling from the last season of Tough Enough. Huh. Oddly enough, two of the girls from that season are are still wrestling that's as right. well because they're both called up. They're uh, uh, Mandy Rose and uh, who's the other one? I can't remember. Um, her tag team partner. They're with Paige. The three of them. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, and man. Paige was a judge on Tough Enough, which is funny because Paige hated Mandy Rose. Yeah, they actually eliminated her one time. And the Miz used his judge card to save her. Yeah. And Paige was like, why are you saving her? And he's like, because she's hot. Yeah. He goes, look at her. He's like, you know, she can learn to wrestle. Anyone can learn to wrestle. You can't teach looks. Yeah. She looks like a million She's got the looks. Yeah. Yeah. And people compare her to Trish Stratus. Yeah. You know, which we'll talk about later. So, 
we roll into the Royal Rumble. Did you? And you saw the Royal Rumble, yep. of course. Yep. What a fantastic card that was. Probably like, like the Rumble to me is the best pay per view of the year. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement. It's just it's everyone. It's something that everyone can get into every 90 seconds. You can do a countdown. Yeah. You know, uh, every whatever minute and 50 seconds you do the 10 second countdown it'll be funny it was funny like you see the wrestlers going at it and it's like wow they really have this crowd and then and yeah. then all of a sudden nope you don't have it because 10 seconds has reached the point and now they're all counting down yeah yeah and they're looking for the next person and but it was paced really well both of them both, both the men's them, and the women's were both well, paced and the, very and, well and the card like itself was great like aj styles yeah. and Ke- versus cammy uh Ke- i hate that yeah like kevin and <laughs> kevin and sammy yeah but what a what a great match that was! Uh, I'm glad AJ retained it, uh, yes. the title, because it's almost a discredit to Kevin and Sammy for their talent levels. That they're like, listen, we know that not one of you would be able to beat AJ Styles, so maybe two of you together combined might be able to. Yeah. So it's almost better that it happened this way because now they can hopefully stay as like a quasi faction tag team. Well, they're such great heels together. Yeah. Like yes. the, the the heel work that they did in that match alone was fantastic. Yep. And then especially afterwards where they confront Shane McMahon. Yeah. And they're like, did you see that? Did you say, yeah, I did, you know? Yeah. And Shane is just so pompous and, you know, laughing at it, but that was a great first match. Then it seems like they went right into the rumble, uh, the, the male rumble. There was a tag team championship or, match. Or the, oh yeah, the two or three falls with the Usos. Yes. Versus the uh, why am I, the bar. Was it the bar? The Usos against the bar? No, it wasn't the no. bar. It was the Usos against, oh, Gable and um, and Sheldon Benjamin. Yes. Yes. The former American Alpha. Yeah. And those guys can go and the Usos can go. The Usos are better than ever. So, you know, um, which is odd because I watched Vince McMahon and his XFL debut and uh, they said, he said, the people that we're going to employ are going to, you know, you say the chances are if you have a DUI, you won't be playing in the XFL. And the same week, the Usos get a DUI. Yeah. And it's like, but they still play. Yeah. They get to wrestle. What are yeah. you talking about? You know, but I found that funny. The Usos still fantastic tag team. Great match. I don't even remember the first fall. All of a sudden, the second fall happened. They're like two immediate falls. I'm like, I don't even remember the first one. Yeah. Where did I go? Did yeah. I go get pizza? I can't remember. Yeah, that that match moved pretty quick. So then the rumble comes up, the Mar- the, the the guys rumble, which is uh, which is cool to see first because then it's like, wow, this this women's rumble is going to be really good. They have if the guys, you know, and are going I think first. Every not maybe not every guy, but I think a lot of guys specifically, like men, mm-hmm. were very hesitant on having a women's royal rumble. One for the amount of women in the company working, but two, just like how good is it going to be though. Yeah, you know? nobody um, knew. You'd but like wasn't this. it? It just felt so great. I'm just like, here, put like it was literally a put that in your pipe and smoke it. Like that. That was the women's rumble. The men's. I liked. I was man. I was really hoping for Finn Balor. Finn Balor to win it. Uh, I predicted John Cena to win the men's rumble and Ronda Rousey to win the women's rumble. Yeah, and that would have been fair. And I think Rousey should have been in the Royal Rumble. I would have thought that out, it would have made more sense if she was in the like a lost child had a balloon that's in the rafters. Yeah, <laughs> like I dropped my balloon. What am I supposed to point Such at? Just point at what everybody point. else is going to yeah. point at. But just like smile awkwardly and also turn your back to three women that you might be challenging and open up your back to them because that's a believable thing that you would do. Why she didn't go out and do a UFC stare down like we've all seen her do time and time again and then just point straight ahead as opposed to this awkward 
person trying to fire a bow and arrow for the first time point that she was doing. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't, up there? Yeah, up there. Okay. She should have just gone face to face with somebody and then pointed over that person's shoulder up to the WrestleMania and then backed away so the person that she was confronting could see her pointing to it. Mm-hmm. That's it. It didn't need to have that many. It should have been shorter. She should have just stood there and just went, <laughs> yay, and yeah. pointed in. And I mean, I get, I, I, everybody loves Piper. You don't have to wear his jacket. Like no. it's, I thought it was cool that she was wearing his jacket. Cause really? I, 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 well, when she came out in that jacket, I said to my roommate, I was like, that's Roddy Piper's jacket. Yeah. I know. Cause I know in an interview afterwards, she talked about how her relationship with Roddy was. You know, they didn't mention the fact that Gene LaBelle is the guy that hooked her up with Roddy. Yeah. Who also trained Roddy Piper. Yeah. Uh, in judo and, and, had a, and had a wrestle. So the Gene LaBelle connection was there between the two of them. You know, obviously she gave the, the jacket back. It was very cool that Roddy Piper's son flew in with the jacket uh, from uh, from Vegas and flew in and gave her the jacket to wear. Yeah. And uh, it's a very big moment. She's taking over the Rowdy name. Uh, you know, but the, the moment kind of soured the rumble. It soured a lot of the women. Nikki Bella was on Twitter coming out saying, what about the rest of us? What about the 30 of us? You know, Medusa, Medusa was also saying the same thing. Like it could have been handled better. It could have been handled differently. But with that said, the female rumble was just fantastic. Yeah. It was almost like, you know, it's, this is women's wrestling now. Uh, this is what it was, and this is the future. Yeah, it featured legends, Hall of Famers, NXT, and both brands, SmackDown and Raw. Yeah, and just fantastic. So many great spots. Yes, and great performances. And I don't think there was anybody that came out looking weak. Everybody came out looking better. Yeah, you know, like I love the Pirate Princess. I love <laughs> Carrie Sane. And she is so uh, that elbow, and she dropped it yes. twice. It is fantastic. That's huge. It's a huge you know, elbow. Big, she got over. Yeah. You know, um, Natty had some of the best eliminations. I was really hoping she would win. Oh, just, when her man, and, she's one of my favorites. When her and Beth Phoenix embraced, because when Natty first came into the WWE, yeah, her and she, her and Beth Phoenix were teamed up as a tag team yeah. called Pinup Strong, uh, something like that. And uh, you know when they embraced. And they're hugging, and then Natty is such a heel, she turns on her and throws out Beth Phoenix. Amazing. Yeah. Loved that spot. Um, Sasha Banks going the distance the whole time. Yeah. From start to finish, being one of the final four. Amazing. Tori Wilson came in, like, you're just happy to see her. Yep. You know, from from the bra and panties era. You know, and, and oh my God, and then Kelly Kelly looked like she was wearing cotton L. Yeah. You know, it looks like she was just wearing cotton balls. Yeah. And she looked uh, fantastic. A lot of these legends that they brought in, they all look like they can still go. Lita. I mean, Trish. Trish was moving like she hadn't lost a step. Trish looked like a superhero. Yeah. And her outfit yeah. was fantastic. Those are some great gimmicks. And yeah. uh, she's hitting all of her moves. Yep. And, you know, now, like, there's probably a WrestleMania match against Sasha Banks for Trish Stratus. Yeah, you know, it, and it, for sure, and it would be a great draw to WrestleMania, and I think it would be kind of a Rock Hogan esque sort of thing in just like the new versus the old kind of clashing, you know? Yeah, um, and I think that needs to sort of happen. I think Trish just had a child a year ago. I know that's insane, 
and and look at her she's yeah and her instagram this is why i love her even more uh her instagram when she got back to toronto was she went to burger priest burger priest uh have the best burgers in toronto and probably the unhealthiest burgers in toronto (laughs) my favorite burger is a triple cheeseburger called the vatican where um it's got the, the word vat the, in it, so the, that the, well good. the vatican where because it's the cheeseburger of the gods yeah and um the buns are grilled cheeses so you have a grilled cheese on top a grilled cheese in the bottom and three cheeseburgers that's amazing. in the middle and it makes you say jesus christ as you eat it you know that's so hilarious it's the best and uh i looked at i was looking at this instagram i'm like is she eating a vatican Oh my God, if she's eating a Vatican, like, I just can't. She's like, this is my reward for the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And she's eating a burger priest and the Hall of Fame ring is in the picture. with the Yeah, I saw that. I and I was just like, I love Trish Stratus. Yeah. You know, and uh, just uh, fantastic. The men's Rumble, also great. Finn Balor, man. He's so good. There's just something about him. Like, he, he's one of those guys that I don't think is, needs to say much. You know, he doesn't. I, he's got um, a very expressive face, and he's a good-looking dude too. So I think that's a good draw on top of that. He should just never wear a shirt. He should just always wear a leather jacket. Yeah, just always wrestle in the leather jacket. Yeah, he just he, he just or just to, like to the airports and stuff. He's like a better <laughs> like for me. He's like a better Zach Sable Jr. I could see that because Zach has that same quality where I'm really good looking. But he's a bit of a beanpole. Yeah. And uh, he's very smarmy, where yeah. Finn Balor isn't. Right. Um, I saw Zack Sabre when I was at a CVS in, in the States. I went to I went to a PWG card Yeah, and uh, in Reseda. That's where they always are. And, uh, of course, Zack Sabre's in, in the store with me, and I'm about to buy some. But I let Zack Sabre go first. And then, all of a sudden, this guy, Walter, this wrestler, this big, massive fuck, Walter... He, uh, he just buds in front of me. And I was like, um, excuse me. But then I went and wa- then I sort of went back to the PWG arena, which is around the corner as well as they did. And, uh, Walter and Zack Sabre Jr. Have a, they wrestled against each other. I'm like, I just saw you two friendly uh, at CBS. They broke the kayfabe. They broke the kayfabe. I shouldn't have saw it. I shouldn't have looked behind the curtain. I shouldn't have looked. And, uh, but they had a five-star match. Meltzer was there uh, ringside and he uh, gave them five stars. And I've never seen anybody take more chops than Zack Sabre Jr. That match from this Walter guy. And this Walter guy is a beast and his chops echo. I just love the idea of that would be his wrestling name. That Walter guy. It's not even that Walter guy. It's just Walter. Yeah. Really? It's just Walter. Walter. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. That PWG card was one of the best things I've ever done in my life. I think I... I've always wanted to go to one because yeah. I listen to another podcast called We Watch Wrestling, yeah. dear friends of mine, and they go to all the shows, in PW, the, all the PWG shows. So I went to the second night of the All-Star last year in October, and uh, wow, just wow. I thought uh, that Hastings was there wrestling. He's a British wrestler, okay. and he wrestles in Smash here in oh. Toronto. And I thought he was a Toronto guy. And then I see him there, I'm like... He's not a local. What the? No, he's a British guy. I didn't know, and I wanted to go up and say, I thought you were just a Toronto guy. I'm so sorry. Next yeah, yeah. time, I'll pay you more attention. You know, but uh, I ended up meeting Marty Skrull and buying this T-shirt off him. The nice, villain. nice. And because uh, I'm a big Marty Skrull fan. And uh, yeah, it was quite the quite the event. How about uh, the hurricane? That was a great little 
I don't mind that the men's didn't have a lot of nostalgia in it. No. Um, I think everybody was hoping for it at the time, but that the women's more than made up for it. Yes. So I think that was great. Uh, but to just get them in there quick, have a little spot and just, you know, a little shine for them, you know? Meanwhile, if you wanted somebody that's nostalgic to come in and do well, yeah. Ray Mysterio filled that void. Absolutely. And that was he, great. He redeemed himself from being 30 years, like when, when not 30 years ago, but years ago on the Royal Rumble when he came out at 30, when yeah. everybody thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan. Yes. And everybody booed Ray. Yeah. That wasn't on him. Yeah. So it was great to see him come out at what? I think 26 or something like that. I think so. And for him to come out and get the response, I miss him being toasted. You know, yeah. I love having him fly up from the, the floor. Sure. But uh, to see him do the 619 just a few times, a few times and yeah. to everyone, everyone took the 619. And it was like, it's kind of like you, you're in the ring with Ray Mysterio Jr. He's one of the greatest wrestlers luchadors of all time and um you're gonna take a 619 you want to take that yeah. 619 it's like wrestling ricky steamboat you want to take a deep arm drag right you know there you if oh you yeah wrestle Absolutely. certain people you're like can you like when ricky steamboat came back and then all of a sudden edge is wrestling on the next night on raw edge took like three or four arm drags he's like can you just arm drag me over and over again yeah because like, that steamboat arm drag is fantastic i was lucky enough i was in the ring with edge you were in the ring with edge yeah him and beth phoenix came by squared circle when i was there uh and that's when i got my ribs cracked is because of a dude that is a very large man who his story was like he admitted that he had used steroids and blew something out one of his muscles i don't want to say the guy Mm -hmm. because he's a nice guy Mm -hmm. um he was turning stuff around great dude but as as stone cold would say greener than goose shit uh this guy could not move he was so stiff the spot we were doing was an irish irish whip into the ropes come back baseball slide through the guy's legs grab him do the o'connor roll off the ropes go for the pin and then the guy kicks out so Mm -hmm. i'm supposed to roll up this big dude so when i go to roll him up instead what he does, and this is after I've been in the ring with Edge. Instead, what he does is instead of rolling backwards, he just kicks his legs out like Yokozuna mm-hmm. and just squashed. Squashed. Yeah. And keep in mind, I'm 5'10". This guy's about 6'4". Okay. And jacked. Yeah. Um, he came down and just went as I'm rolling. So I'm coming down and he's coming down on top of me. Ouch. Yeah. And you just heard it all on my right side. Just crack, 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 crack. Like a broken xylophone. But That's before funny. that was really cool. Uh, yeah. And it was just, I was like, <laughs> Edge. And he, he was great because he insisted, like, it's Adam. We're, I'm not in the ring right now. That's, you know, this isn't WWE. There's not cameras. My name is Adam. And was great about it. Just, like, it was humanizing because I think, hey, Edge. Like, he didn't want the guys there to mark out for him. Yeah. Um, so, he's very down to earth. Very cool guy. And he's like, are you good? And I'm like, yep. because i I was just like i can't i like how do you do that no i just i hurt i got a bobo but like turns out it was probably they were either uh, i fell from a 20 foot ladder (laughs) during a spear from a hardy brother you know like yeah exactly that's and that was a thought i'm like i can't yeah i got hurt in an o'connor roll he goes yeah you've been speared off a ladder have you (laughs) (laughs) like have you jumped off a ladder yeah through nine tables have you ever been speared through a flaming table no no you haven't no then get up, puss yeah. puss. So, you ever have sex with Lita in the middle of the ring? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Broke my ribs there, too. Broke my ribs. 
<laughs> She's very aggressive. My ribbed condom. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the point before was uh, the whole exercise was just, we were just doing baseball slides. Uh, yeah. So I threw a guy's legs. So you can grab and wrap them up from behind. Either a schoolboy or, you know, O'Connor roll, whatever. So we go and we baseball slide and he's showing you how as the person that's um i guess being slid through how to make it look somewhat believable yeah. but also be able to help the guy because if you slide on a, on a ring apron it's not necessarily you're just going to keep sliding like you would like john cena yeah like it, that the john cena makes this the slide in look so easy oh yeah I, you can't sli- no the, you can't just sli- it's so first of all i i can't even get up into the ring i have to use the steps and i have trouble going through the ropes yeah i cannot imagine someone sliding like i would probably do it well i was gonna say an enzo but i don't think we call it that anymore because that's a new definition yep but uh where he banged his head off the bottom rope one time when he was trying to do a a baseball slide yeah and uh i just can't imagine like when i see wrestlers do it i'm like they make it look so easy i know I got good at sliding into the ring. Yeah. Uh, like that's, know, like what, the, that's what I'm talking first, about. Just sliding into the, the ring. The head first dive, I could do that. But it wasn't like the head first dive. Like even like when Edge did it and would slide into like the middle of the ring doing it. Yeah. You know, when he was doing like the brooding edge kind of yeah. thing. You're like, man, that's impressive. But he was just, he was so effortless. And you could see why he was so good just from that. Because basically when a guy would slide through, he goes, you reach like you're going to grab him. Like you're almost like a swimming motion. Mm-hmm. And then that way, with that first arm, you can grab the guy by the shoulder as he's sliding past you and push him through. So you're pushing him through more, but it looks like you're trying to grab him. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that just, and it was just, oh, that's how you do it so much better. Uh, When you, you know, it's not just up to the one guy, because that's what it is. It's two guys working together to create a show, no matter what. But it was also just really cool to be in the ring with him for like 10 minutes while we did that. Because he threw me off the ropes a few times and I slid through his legs, grabbed him, ran him to the ropes. Didn't roll him back uh, because don't need No need to. to. No, no, no need just, at all. But just slide through. O'Connor roll. We're going to run to the ropes. Great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sounds like you got it down. Great. Awesome. And it was, you know, the demonstration for everyone that was there. Um, I was kind of a go-to for that. That made me feel really good sometimes. John Greed. You're familiar with him? No. Um, he's a great wrestler. He is a bigger dude that would do insane frog splashes off the top. And as a big dude that can move like that, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's he's really, really How good. big is big? Like, is he like Keith Lee? Big? No, no. Um, I mean, he's one of those guys that um, he's maybe a little bit taller than I am. Uh, so, I'd say he's probably around the six foot mark. He's a, a Kevin Owens type as okay. far as build goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. one Who of those also guys, does a great frog splash. That's what I mean. Like those guys that are bigger like that, that don't look like they should be able to do those moves. Yeah. Um, so that's like, why it's I love great watching him work. And I mean, we had matches and he's so good. And so, you know, you just put on matches at class. Um, and he was the one that you could kind of go to for that sort of stuff. Cause I mean, he knew what he was doing. So, but yeah, it was just kind of nice that, you know, go in the ring with edge and be able to mess around and, uh, and then afterwards have some matches and kind of do some stuff that he just saw and then do a match in front of him yeah. while I've got cracked ribs. And I'm just like, push through it. Yeah. And you're you're with like these two legendary Hall of Famers yeah. that are there watching you. Yeah. And, and they weren't even Hall of Fame, but they were both destined for the Hall of Fame at that time. Right. And professionally, you know, they say like, well, do you want to be a wrestler? And I'm like, 
they didn't ask this, but just in general, people at the class about if people drop by, what's the etiquette on like, hey, can I get a photo? Because I don't understand why there's a thing that's like, well, if you want to be a wrestler, you shouldn't because that person could be a coworker. I'm like, but that's Edge and he's retired. Yeah. So him and Beth Phoenix were there. Again, one of the greatest women's champions of all time. So I'm like, hey, what do you think about like, can I just, would I be able to get a picture with you guys? And they're like, uh, yeah. And then, so he puts his arm around me. I said, would I be able to get a picture? And she goes, oh, I'll just, uh, I'll just scooch over here. I'm like, where are you going? Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're yeah. a champion. You're a former champion. Get in here, please. Like, this is, that's, why would you assume that? Please don't think that. I remember one time I went to a Raw here in Toronto right before Christmas. It was like December 20th or something like that. And uh, uh, Santino and Beth Phoenix were Glamorella at the time. Yeah. And they were at the top of the card. And they were having a feud with John Cena. So it was going to be John Cena and who was getting booed out of the building at the time going up against Glamorella. And people know, wrestling fans know that Santino is not Italian. He's from Brampton. And people know, or Mississauga. Mississauga, yeah. And people also know that Beth Phoenix is from Buffalo and she trained with uh, Ron um, Harrington. Is it, what's Ron's name? Oh my, uh... Um, no, it's not Harrington. It's it begins with a H. Hutchinson. 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 Yes, Ron Hutchinson. Hutchison. Not Hutchison. Yeah. Hutch- yeah. Ron, Ron Hutchison, who yeah. traded Edge yeah. and Christian. Uh, Christian. Yeah. Uh, Trish. Yeah. Uh, Beth Phoenix. And many, many more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's people that want him to get out of the WWE Hall of Fame as a trainer, which I think there should be trainers that should be going into the Hall of yeah. Fame. Like, you know, like I know Dory Funk's already in there, but put him in again as a trainer. You yeah. know, like look yeah. at how many people came out of the Funkin' Dojo. You know why they won't though? It's because they have their development center now. Of course they do. So if they did that, they would and have it was to all, like, it was it's, all, it's people that aren't training anymore that yeah. started training before their development center. Of course, Hunter but, invented the development center because yes. WCW never had their no, development center where Hunter not. went and trained Big Show how to wrestle in the 90s. Exactly. But, you know, I love Hunter and his revision of the way things yeah. have happened. Like how important they think DX is or was compared to the Attitude Era, like you weren't at the Rock's level, you no. weren't at Stone Cold's level, you were mid-card. Yeah. You were the mid-card. They were the mid-card, and they were just... And we there was an no tank. NWO. Stop it talking because, about a tank. There yeah. was no tank. There was a Jeep with a gun on top. That's, yeah. that's not a tank. Yeah. But they think, you know, like, the way they celebrated at Raw 25 was just like they were God's gift to wrestling. Yeah. And, you know, it's just... Uh, it's kind of like, you know, you're looking at these guys and you thought X-Pac just looked effed up and yeah. uh, Scott Hall, you, you didn't know if he was staggering or if he was I know. real. Like, I just oh, hope oh. he was sober. Yes. Uh, Shawn Michaels is winded after running two laps around. Yep. It's crazy. But back to the Rumble. Rey Mysterio is great. A lot of great spots in the men's match. I, I really enjoyed it. I was happy with the last four. John Cena being in there. Yes. I, um, I was because you're still invested whether or not you're rooting for the new generation or whether you're rooting for quote unquote, same old song and dance between Roman Reigns and John Cena. You've still got the two fresh faces in there too. Yeah. You know, Finn and Shinsuke. Yeah. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. And uh, I was very happy to see Shinsuke win. Yes. As well. I was, I mean, I was still hoping Finn, but that's still a fantastic push for him to go in number two yeah. And then be, what, 28? He was eliminated with three something people like left that. or something like that? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. 
and then yeah for Shinsuke and then, like that just leads to such a great match to come. They're already building it up. Like AJ, are you kidding me? AJ and AJ, Shinsuke for, well, for WrestleMania. That's going to be insane. Uh, it's been six. I think it's been six years since they wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom. And yeah. uh, and AJ tweeted this. It's been six years since we wrestled Wrestle Kingdom. It's been six years since I've wanted my rematch. It's been six years since. But now I'm the champ. You know, and it's just like I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking about it, how great AJ and Shinsuke are going to be at WrestleMania, and then there's so many the potential for so many other matches. Yeah. You know, uh, obviously I want to see Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Because I think so. I think it's a better match. Yes, I think and Charlotte. I think is, it's a better match on the flip side too. Yeah, you know, like for the other women's championship match. I yeah, think. if Alexis Bliss has the title because sure. she's got they're doing a women's elimination chamber. That's true. Coming up, I'm even worried about the elimination chamber, the men's, because what if they're all in their chambers and Braun just comes out and picks up the whole thing and chucks it down the aisle? Yeah. We'd, that means a beast. They're making him so strong. Like, he flipped an 18-wheeler last week. Yeah. Like, they're making him. And, like, when he gave Braun, I mean, Brock that the knee, knee in the match. And then and Brock then we, responded. Responded with a receipt. <laughs> in kind. Oh. Oh, my God. You could hear it. Oh. You could hear it. And then when the announcers were like, yeah, he uh, got him good there. You could tell that they were like, yeah, you fucked up, Braun. You need Brock a little bit too hard there. Yeah. So, he's going to tag you. Yeah, he don't, is gonna po- tag don't you. potato. And if there's one yeah. learned, don't potato Brock Lesnar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was very clear after that that I think even Braun Strowman was like, "All oh, right, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah. I gotta slow down a bit. It's slow like down. you know, one yeah. of us in this ring is a real badass. Yeah, and it's not you, Braun. Yeah, Your country strong does not. Brock does not make Brock Lesnar. You know, yeah, quiver. Yeah, you almost forget that there was even a third in the match, like that Kane was there. Sure. But, I mean, Who I, else? you know, Kane is the leader. He's got to be one of the leaders in the locker room. Oh, of course. You know? Well, he's... Everyone says great things about Glenn, so I just assume that he kind of helped piece that match together. Being out there and having three big men that all do different big men things is yeah. all kind of neat. I, I think it was a well-put-together match. I'm just such a big fan of Brock Lesnar because I love it when he sells. Like, yeah. people don't realize yeah. how great he is at selling and he does some good flops, like, and I don't mean like you know just flopping around like Shawn Michaels Hogan flop, but like no, <laughs> not overselling, but just no, when he, he's he, when he gets hit or like tossed to the ground, like thrown over the top rope, clotheslined over the top, and then just kind of tumbles and smashes against mm-hmm. the announce table. He does a great job of using that stature of like a big guy just did this to me, and I'm a big guy. That's going to cause this inertia. I'm sure these aren't the thoughts that he's having, but like it comes across as like yeah. A big dude hit a big dude, and that moves <laughs> that moves a big dude really fast. I kind of wonder if Brock has any advice for Ronda Rousey on making the crossover. I would from hope. M&M and I from would M&M hope that they would have talked at some point. But I don't know if Brock actually talks to people. Yeah, <laughs> I just he's the only wrestler that I would probably not approach and ask for his autograph See, for a picture. I think that's kind of his public image. I think that's a public image. I think. I think that Brock Lesnar might be a little bit of a nicer guy if you knew the right way to approach him. If well, there, you didn't like run up to him in an airport and try to get him to sign something or never like, bother him. You know what I mean? But if airport. it was backstage and it just went, hi, Mr. Lesnar, or, you know, just kind of a head nod even. Yeah. One Whatever. time, 
Or one, just offer him a beer after. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One time I was at an air. Now I don't bother wrestlers at airports. Yeah. One time I was at uh, Chicago O'Hare on a, a Sunday and the Monday night raw was in Chicago. And, uh, this is the best airport experience I ever had. First of all, I was, there's an old war plane and I got into the airport. Like I flew out of Asheville at six in the morning. Like I got to the airport the airport was closed. Yeah. So then I opened it up with security and okay, went through and got a hot chocolate and waited for my flight about six 30 in the morning or six in the morning, get out of there, fly into O'Hare, get in there about seven. It's about, so now I've got like seven o'clock in the morning at O'Hare. There's nobody there. But eight o'clock, so I'm, I'm walking around, I'm just exploring everything, but everything's closed. So it's about five to eight in the morning, maybe 8.05. And um, I'm at this war plane and I'm taking pictures of it. And then there's a beautiful woman and a guy coming down the hallway. And uh, I eyeball the woman up and down, uh, like guys do. Uh, I'm sorry, I guess I kind of eye fucked her. I'm, I'm not uh, intentionally, but she was gorgeous. And then I thought, oh, I better look at the dude to see who I just I fucked, see if he's upset. Yeah. You know, because it was really obvious and we're the only people. Yeah, there. you were just like mesmerizing in like a yeah. trance. Like, yeah. And then I looked at the guy and that's when I got mesmerized. Yeah. Joe Montana. That's hilarious. I, I My mouth dropped. Wow. I was holding my camera. I could have got a picture with them. Yeah. There was nobody around. There yeah. were three of us in a giant hall by a warplane. And I just watched. I just uh, my, my jaw was dropped and I just watched him go by like it was a float in a parade and he had the biggest smile on his face because he realized yeah yeah that that kid knows who I am yeah. of course you're Joe Montana I don't even like the 49ers doesn't matter you're Joe Montana yeah you're one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time man so then I'm walking back to where my where my um, flight's supposed to take off and all of a sudden I'm walking towards me oh my god Oh my God. And now there's more people in the airport, but still not very many. It's, it's before 9 a.m. And that's when the airport started to really get busy. But walking towards me, RVD. And wow. I was like walking towards him and I looked at him and I just pointed my shoulders and I did the three. Yeah. And he just gave me a nod and just kept walking. Nice. And I'm like, I didn't bother him. Yeah. I just let him know. I know who you are. I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of cool. And then all of a sudden... Uh, I'm sitting there and I noticed like five wrestlers. The first one, Eric Wow, Eric Rowan, very easy to pick out in the airport. Yeah, Alberto Del Rio with uh, Ricardo. Yeah, they were together. Yeah. Uh, Eric Rowan, Santino, I think maybe Luke Harper was also there. So they were then they were all like checking the the flights, and I was like, I'm, you know, now I'm like. If Natty and Tyson come through, I'll ask them for a picture because we're Canadian, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, I'm yeah. like, so now I'm like getting up and I'm like walking towards the aisle, like, and I'm leaving all these wrestlers alone. Sure. But in, in total, I saw seven wrestlers and Joe Montana, and I've now I've dubbed Chicago O'Hare the greatest airport in the world of all time. Wow. It's yeah. a bold statement. Well, that's it's a, so, that's the busiest airport in America. Yeah. Seven wrestlers and Joe Montana? Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. That's pretty great. I haven't had uh, that many organic experiences of meeting wrestlers um, where it's just, it's, you're not at an event. Um, you know what I mean? Like you just bump in them at an airport. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like by just an organic meeting. When I was in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, yes. I was on tour out there. Trent McClellan, he's a comedian, yes. uh, picked up myself and Nathan McIntosh. 
and we were trying to figure out what to do for the day. Just and go I, to Humpty's. That's what we did. <laughs> we went to Humpty's for breakfast, and then after breakfast, we were going to go to the Heart House, because I've still never seen it to this day. Oh, I've, you've never been to the Heart House? No, I've never been to the Heart House, oh. but I just wanted to go, just to go see it. Yeah. So, we're sitting there having breakfast at Humpty's, and then you can hear the bell over the door ring, and then I'm in the back corner booth. Uh, with The three of us are in the back corner booth, and then I look across the restaurant Brett the Hitman Hart walks into Humpty's. Shut the front door. No, not at all. I lost it. I marked out so hard. For everyone listening, Brett Hart is my childhood idol. He is my favorite wrestler of all time. He is my favorite performer in the ring. And just when that happens, it's insane. It was, I just, I screamed it. I was in the back of the room and I tried to hold it. I'm like, that's been hard. Like I pulled back and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Oops. <clears throat> I'm like, I gotta go say hi. I gotta, gotta say hi. And now you have Nathan McIntosh and Trent McClellan trying to talk me down. Like, okay, relax, man. It's going to be all right. Like I'm had him, like I'm on a bad trip. It's yeah. just like, no, I gotta go. I gotta go say hi to him. Like, I don't know if he knows. Maybe he doesn't. Does he remember when I was a kid and I touched his shoulder in Sarnia when he walked out to the ring to fight Lex Luger, the narcissist? <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, I need to know if he knows. So I was just like, okay, we'll just let him eat. We'll just let him eat. We'll just let him eat. Um, that was their call. And I was like, yep, that's the right thing to do. Yes. Uh, we let him eat. And then we were done and we were kind of getting ready to leave. So I just, we got to the door and I was just like, this is just, it's my childhood idol. Like I just, I I don't, I'm going to just not be rude and I'm just going to go introduce myself. And yeah. then if he responds in kind, then I'm going to ask for a picture. So I go over to him. I just say, hi, listen, I'm very sore to interrupt. I'm just, I'm kind of marking out hard. I'm just in town from Ontario. Uh, I'm doing some shows here for work and you're my, f you know, you've been my favorite wrestler. And I just want to say hi and thank you. And he goes, oh, thanks. Nice to meet you, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then the guy that he's sitting with, um, he goes, don't you know uh, who I am as well? And I'm like, I'll be honest, no, but I bet you're a great human being. <laughs> so, who was it? It was a guy that worked for a local um, Calgary Global. So okay. just the Calgary feed for global television. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if he, he's a friend of Brett's and I don't know um, in what capacity he works there. But so, I mean, I don't have that global feed. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know who he was. And he goes, oh, I'm, I said, so I just introduced and I'm like, and he, sorry, and your name is. And so he introduced himself and I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm like, yeah, I don't have that feed. So I apologize for that. And I said, but uh, it makes sense that you guys would know each other. And I said, I just, I want to leave you to it, but thank you so much. I'm like, I don't know if this is too much ass, but could I bother you for a picture? This is, and he goes, no, absolutely. So he stood up, they were done their meals too. They were just kind of finishing up their copy. Yeah. Um, there was next to nobody in the place too. So same thing. It wasn't like there was not like a bunch of full tables at this place. There was them sitting down and there was us sitting down. And then there was another table of people in their eighties or nineties yeah. that would not have known what was going on anyway. Oh, your stew, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's coming out spending his dad's yeah, money. I don't like that. Helen. <laughs> I'm not going to talk yeah, to those I don't kids. Like her. But, yeah, and he was super gracious and super nice. Uh, and it just, it made my week. Like, it almost made the tour for me. I'm like, I just bumped into my childhood idol. Was that your breakfast. first time to Calgary? Um, or, no, or no, that would have been third time through, probably. Yeah. yeah. So my first time to Calgary was in 99. Okay. And uh, August 99. And uh, I'm landing in Calgary, and all I'm thinking is, 
Hearts wrestling, Bret Hart land. Yeah. Like this is where I am. I welcome to Calgary. You see the sign. I'm like that sign looks a lot better when Bret Hart's standing in front of it because yeah. you see that picture. Yeah, you know, and uh, and, and I'm very excited. And then uh, the last night on there, I'm flying out at Sunday night uh, at 11:59 uh, to fly back to Ottawa. But uh, Sunday night at seven o'clock at the Palace nightclub downtown downtown Calgary, they're having a stampede show. Gotta go. I gotta go. Even though if I can't go for the whole thing, I gotta go. Yeah. So I went, and um, at this point, uh, I, I never actually I I I met Brett uh, because the Memorial Cup uh, was right. in Ottawa. Yeah. And uh, the Ottawa Sixty Sevens were in the Memorial Cup. They were hosting, and the Calgary Hitmen were also there. On the Tuesday night, the two teams played. I had tickets to everything to the whole game to the whole uh, package to the whole tournament. So I was watching Brett. I brought my hitman glasses, but I was too nervous to go down and meet him. So I gave my glasses to my buddy. He said, I'll put them on and I'll go meet him. And there were all these kids trying to get Brett's autograph. And, uh, my friend Glenn had the glasses, the original glasses. And he said, uh, Brett's like, let that guy through. And then he goes, Hey, what's get meet some big fan. What's your name? And he's Casey. And then, so then he signs the glasses. So then, and he gives them to me and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. But I still didn't get to meet him. Yeah. So luckily for me, Calgary made the finals against Ottawa. So that Sunday, that Sunday was probably one of the worst Sundays of all time. That Sunday, I watched uh, the Calgary Hitmen lose to in overtime to the Ottawa 67s with a score of seven to six. But that day, that afternoon, I brought my 1986 WWF magazine cover, Bret Hart, his first solo cover. And I went and I got him to autograph that. And that was the greatest moment of my life uh, up until that night. Because I went home and that night I got home, was so happy. I had my Brett glasses on. I had my Brett uh, thing. And I was about to watch. Brett was in WCW at the time. After the game, he was flying to LA to do the Tonight Show on Monday night. I went home and watched the WWE pay-per-view over the edge. And that's the night that Owen Hart died. Oh, and it was the worst yeah. thing ever. And I just felt, I remember thinking like, this is a really bad day for Brett. Like th- his yeah. team lost and then he's flying. He probably doesn't even know because there's no yeah. phones on planes. Yeah. And, and I just, I cried a lot that night. That's in May. And here I am in August and I'm at this card. And there's this guy named Bob Johnson, who, if you read a lot of the heart books, any of them, Bob Johnson mentioned in several of them. Mm-hmm. He was sort of uh, Bruce's right-hand man and, and helped, uh, sold, uh, put up the ring and helped right. do everything. He lived in the basement. He lived in the dungeon. Yeah. He was there and he said, would you like to meet some of the guys? I'm like, sure. So, you know, Ross would walk by and he's like, Ross, nobody pays attention to Bob Johnson. But Diana Hart came out and Bob was like, hey, this is a kid from Ontario. And I had my Hart Foundation shirt on from uh, 96 and uh, my yuck yucks hat because i was yuck yucks and i was very proud to say i was a comedian on tour and i met diana hart and she was the nicest and but i got emotional because i started thinking about owen yeah and i got teary-eyed which it really endeared her to me i think yeah because this fan is like crying about owen and i'm just saying i'm so sorry yeah so sorry and then she's like and then she's like do you want to meet davy boy 
Ah, uh, yes, of course I want to meet Davy Boy. Davy Boy is going to the washroom because he just ate a plate of wings and uh, half of it's on his shirt. He's got wing sauce on his shirt. So uh, I get this picture in between Diana and uh, Davy Boy and she's rubbing my back, which is very awkward because her husband's right beside me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. And uh, just a sweetheart. And they were both so nice. Brett, uh, Davy Boy said some nice things to me. And the wing sauce is what I noticed. I'm like, yeah, wing sauce. Uh, which was very funny. And uh, that was the end of my tour, of uh, the first tour I had to Calgary. Wow. And was, That's uh, pretty good. The only time it got better was when Matt Billen took Vince Averill and I to the Hart House. Because Matt used to go there as a kid. And his dad used to promote Stampede in... Uh, Oh, jeepers. Somewhere in BC, Prince George. Okay. So they knew the Hart family. So Matt was there and Matt, so he takes us to the dungeon and it's all being revamped and retooled and everything's changing. They're gutting it. They're changing it all because the house is no longer the Hearts. We just walked in like without construction boots and without hats and like we're walking and we're walking through the place. Matt's like, come on downstairs. I'll take you to the dungeon. And these guys are like, hey, you guys can't be in here. I was like, oh, I'm just uh, showing the dungeon. We'll be gone in a second. He's like, no, get it. If you want the dungeon, the dungeon floor is out on the front porch. So we go take pictures on the front porch and you can see the dungeon mat floor and yeah. is all like tiled up and tore up and it's all behind us. So I'm like, we should have took some of those two by fours and cut them up and sold them on eBay, you know, yeah. like actual dungeon floor. Like, right. But we never or just did. just cut all of them. We never did. <laughs> but I didn't meet Brett. Didn't actually get to meet Brett again because I always want a picture with him. Yeah. Until Comedy Bar. Comedy Bar. The Comedy yeah, Bar when was... We, when we went together, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I purposely, uh, my roommate, uh, the former host of Wipeout Canada, she was a deal or no deal, a briefcase model. Yeah. I knew Brett had a... I knew he likes women. Yes. He talks about it in his book. Yeah. Uh, he's on his fourth marriage. It's... it's He loves women. Yeah. And he said that the fact of his, the, his infidelities saved him from going out and doing drugs and booze with a lot of the wrestlers that aren't around anymore. And uh, so I made sure that my friend Jess, who loves motorbikes, she has a black leather jacket. Yeah. She, I told her to put on some black tight jeans and she put on a pink bustier and she had Brett's attention like you wouldn't believe. Oh, it. obviously. And so I, she went up and introduced him first and I was really nervous and she got me the ticket to go see this for my birthday. Yeah. And I was really nervous. She's like, this is my friend, my roommate, Casey. He's like a big fan of yours. I got the picture. And I'm just smiling so fucking much in that picture. Like you wouldn't believe yeah. it. And then, uh, you know, because I was always so jealous. Like Daryl Mack uh, used to be friends with Brett. And Daryl Mack has actually had Brett to his house for dinner. Huh. Like they had a mandate. I remember one time Daryl said, you know, Casey, I know you're. You're only my friend because you know I know Bret Hart. And I said, Daryl, that is 100% true. But I will still be your friend until I meet Bret Hart. <laughs> That's funny. And now come, you just work with Daryl. And yeah. you, you, you probably didn't even know that you had a friend in common. Because life comes full circle. Yeah. And how do you now, what is your relationship with Bret now? Well, I mean, I, I hosted a Q&A event for him in Ottawa. There was a kind of an evening with the Where? excellence of ask a question. The, yes, the excellent that was me. I was that the, was you. That was the excellence of ask a question. Uh, I paid forty dollars to go see this uh, to see one of my buddies on stage with Bret Hart, and uh, just sat there in spite and misery. I'm like, why aren't I up there? Do with you know Bret how Hart? I got that gig? How did you get that gig? 
So this was at Algonquin College, and mm-hmm. they were showing that there was an evening with Bret Hart coming. So I just went, well, I'm hosting this. Clicked send message to Algonquin student comments. And just said, hey, listen, I'm Brennan McKeegan. Um, well, you I'm already like, hosted Comic-Con stuff, Well, that's right. right. Yeah. So I put that in there. I'm like, I'm a huge Bret Hart fan, and I don't want you to think that I'm just some fan that just wants to sit on stage with him. I have experience doing this. I'm also a comedian. So I did a good job, I think, justifying it. And then I got a response right away that said, okay, great. Uh, sure. And then we kind of discussed terms, and that's all it was. And it was, uh, it was easy, and it was done. And there was a guy... The guy that's in, was in charge, he's just moved on actually to something else, but uh, uh, Baldeep was running the show there, and um, he used to run Mohawk, and I've done shows there. So when I sent the message, he's like, oh, I know him. Perfect. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so he knows that I'm professional as well, and yeah. so it just worked out, and then Brett shows up, and... He had an eye for uh, my fiance as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, regardless, I was just like, yeah, as long as he doesn't touch you, honey, it's, uh, you know, as long as he doesn't say inappropriate things, which he never did. He no. never said anything inappropriate. He never touched, but he was just like, she, she has said, like, I felt a little bit uncomfortable because he was just kind of looking at me kind of a lot. And I'm like, well, who wouldn't want to look at you? Yeah. <laughs> so come on. You're gorgeous. So. He shows up. He's got his own dressing You were room. looking at Brett the same way, though. In I was. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I never noticed him looking at her like that. Yeah. Because you're <laughs> so, looking. It's a circle. It's yeah, a circle. It's just a circle. And she's looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm looking at him and he's looking at her. So we were uh, Dreamweavers playing in all your heads. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And um, he had his own change room or his, his own green room. Yeah. Didn't and those green in. rooms are fantastic. They at are. The Algonquin Commons. Yeah. I will say that. And then there's that back room area. That's the it's a bigger area. Yeah. It's like a common space and he didn't use his private green room he came out he goes no i don't like to do that i like to be kind of one of the guys and just you know i've never had my own locker room at the at shows or anything and i just want to come out so shot the shit for a while beforehand and uh the guys that were running it like do you guys want a drink when you're out there uh, like do you want water do you want beer and then brett just looks at me and goes do you want to have a beer and i'm like yes yes i do so now it's such a weird full circle thing where like he was my childhood hero i remember touching him on the shoulder when he walked by down the aisle once losing my mind to that i've met him once at humpty's i've met him once at comedy bar we didn't really hang it i was just we got a couple pictures each time and then the third time now we're doing this event and now i'm actually just hanging out with him yeah we're just having a beer so we go out on stage we sit down and he did the full q a and then met everybody in that entire theater it Stood took there and three took, or till nine hours. nine o'clock or ten o'clock yeah man. in a snowstorm yeah like a massive snowstorm so afterwards i just went i can't pass up this opportunity luckily i have a very supportive fiance who's like i get it sure so i asked him i said do you want to are you uh interested in like going for a beer do you want to have a drink or something and he goes uh well maybe like at the hotel i'm like yeah yeah for sure it's the opposite direction of where i live but i'm like i'm not gonna miss this opportunity no so we go had a steak dinner with brett you know kind of were hanging out afterwards and told him uh that i was going to calgary in a few weeks and he goes oh really and i'm like yeah uh so he said well why don't you take down my number give me a call when you're out there and uh if the timing's right then maybe uh maybe i can come out to a show maybe you can see you work that'd be great it didn't end up working out. No. Uh, but I called him when I got out there and he goes, Hey, Brennan, how's it going, man? Uh, how's it going, buddy? 
Uh, like so, it was like it was it was really cool. The fact that I have Bret Hart's number in my phone just feels kind of neat, even though like it's just such a stupid. You never school. use it. No, like, it's a schoolgirl thing, and I'm not texting. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Bret, I'm just watching this match. What were your thoughts? Like, I just. I'm not going to do that ever. It'll, like I'll be, I would maybe call him if I was in Calgary and I knew that he was also in Calgary or something. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, this is what's going on. If you want to come great. If not, that's fine. Yeah. And it would be a 30 second phone call. Cause I've got maybe. some good phone numbers too. And like, you never want to use them. No. Like for example, one of my favorite comedians, uh, somebody who I've always liked for since about 2000 Todd glass. I've yeah. always been a Todd glass fan. And uh, Todd Glass and I became friends probably about 2012 uh, through Rory Scoble and, uh, and and being in Montreal. And Todd gave me his number. But I never really, you know, even when I go to L.A., I don't want to text him. But the other night, I watched his Netflix special, and I was so happy for him. And I loved the special. Yeah. I texted him. I sent him a text saying, Todd, I sure. just watched a special. I refreshed his mind. I'm like, I'm John Doerr's buddy and Rory Scovel's buddy from Canada. You might not remember me. I'm the, the hummus butter guy, you know, and just tried to jog his memory of things that he would remember. And, you know, he got back to me. He was like, words mean everything. Thank you. You know, because like yeah. one time we were down in L.A. and we were hanging out. He said, well, you have my number. And, like, and, and I was like, because John's like, you're not even a real friend to him. And and I was like, I know it was like all a wrestling angle almost. And and, uh, and and Todd's like, what are you talking about? He has my number. And John's like, do you have his number? I'm like, I do have his number. And he goes, so you've never texted me? I was like, I don't text you. I don't want to bother you. I don't want to be one of those guys. Like you come up to Canada and we're friends. But when I come down to L.A., are we going to be friends? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to be one of those guys. Yeah. And uh, I said, like, when your book came out, I really wanted to send you a text saying, hey, Todd, I don't have time to read your book. Can you just summarize it in a brief text for me? <laughs> and he's like, you should have sent that. That's a very funny text to send, you know. <laughs> so uh, so based on that, I, you know, I texted him after the special and uh, he got back to me and uh, very nice words were exchanged. And uh, yeah, I thought that special was great. So if you haven't seen Act Happy on Netflix, check it out. Todd Glass, very funny. But that's fantastic with Brett. And you got me to jump the line, which I was already in a good spot. Yeah. But still, like, I had to get back to a show that night and getting to meet Brett from with you where it's not just the meet and greet. Yeah. It's that uh, this is my buddy who's also a performer. Yeah. So he's kind of giving me a little street cred and yeah. I like the intro and he was kind of extra nice, spent a little extra time with us, took some pictures with us. Uh, just fantastic. My, that uh, The picture of me, you, my brother and Brett is still my brother's photo like oh yeah still to this day he's still that's his like one of his favorite photos the only thing that upset me that night was like my question i was dying to ask and you came out of the top and i understand why you know like we've all heard enough about the screw job there are documentaries about it there's a you yeah. know and like, like we don't need to discuss the screw job is this okay and everybody in agree and everybody was in agreement but i was like no <laughs> I need to ask him a question well, about I the screw job. Question. Mine's different. My, and mine was not necessarily about the screw job. I was about, here we are 20 years later, people still talking about it. It's kind of developed a life of its own. Mm -hmm. uh, there are conspiracies about it. Like, it's like, I think it's like the JFK assassination of wrestling. Yep. Where there are so many conspiracies about the screw job, there are videos where they interview wrestlers and wrestlers talk about whether they thought it was a work or not. I was like, all I wanted to ask him was, how do you feel about these conspiracies that are out there, whether they're true or not? I don't think they're true, but how do you feel like here we are 20 years later 
and everybody has changed their opinion or whatever. And there are people that have developed theories. Like, how do you feel about that? And that's all I wanted to ask. Him. Yeah. It's, it's, so I couldn't ask him that. And like, that's a question maybe over beers. Yeah. Sometime yeah. To ask him. For sure. Like, cause like, like he's done it enough publicly. And that's what he said. He goes, I kind of just want to stay away from that stuff. You know, not only that, books, there's a lot of, but that just, that just builds, about. that just builds the conspiracy even more. Kind of does. He doesn't want to talk about it because when I think about it, it was, if it was just between him and Vince and that was it, it might've been the greatest work of all time because like, yeah. look at, Nobody knew Owen was going to die. Yeah. That was the wrench that screwed up everything. For sure. But if, if Brett was just supposed to go to WCW for three years, yeah. Vince helped him negotiate the contract. He got $3 million a year. Yep. He went there. Three years. They misuse him. They don't know how to use him. It's like when the Yankees signed Jose Canseco just to sit him on the bench. Yeah. So they didn't have to play him against Boston. Yeah. You know, it's just like, let's just take the top star. Let's put him on the bench. Let's let him toil in WCW. And then three years, Bret Hart comes back and continues his feud with Vince McMahon who mm-hmm. he when Vince left like when Brett left he put everybody over on his way out yeah he put Stone Cold over exactly oh put, I would have loved to see that he feud put, kick off again he put he put McMahon Stone. he put the the character of McMahon over yeah like how would like why would Vince let a documentary crew drew all this stuff yeah what what was the documentary supposed to be about right if it wasn't if it didn't become about the screw job yeah just about Brett and his life like everything seems just too convenient yeah of course this is what conspiracies are. Everybody just fills the holes with what they want to believe. Right. So I don't know what I believe to this day. Like, I like to believe that, you know, like people say, if you know, Brett, you'll know the toll it takes on him. His wife talks about it. His first yeah. wife, Julie talks about it. Like, and how it kind of was a big problem in their marriage. Like, yeah, you know, and, and I'm sure if you talk to his kids, they'd probably tell you, you know, it, it really happened. But to this day, like sometimes I have mixed feelings about it. I'm like, I don't know. Cause when he came back, he wrestled McMahon in the end anyways. Like yeah. it was like, like why, you know? And so it's like, was this supposed to happen like a long time ago? And this didn't happen, you know, but I'm, I'm happy the way things are now Yeah, that Brett's, uh, he seems content. Yes. He seems happy in his role. Yep. He gets to trash talk WWE whenever they want and they'll still bring him back. And, uh, he is the best there is. The best there wasn't the best there ever will be. I full on agree. He is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, it, well, he is my favorite of all time and he was a nice guy that whole night to me. So hard to say anything. Um, my dad had a very interesting run and this is a little bit off topic, but just on the topic of running into wrestlers, my dad, this was in Sudbury. My dad was at a laundromat and he looks over and sees somebody throwing a bunch of uh, like a jacked dude just throwing a bunch of really weird laundry into the washing machine and he goes man that's those are some weird colors that's crazy you got like hot pink you've got it's not it's not brett uh this was before brett i think because this was like late 80s early 90s and i just mean before that he was popular to Mm -hmm. that level um that my dad would recognize him um so he sees like pink go in there he sees some yellow go in there he sees some orange go in there and he goes, huh, this is really weird. And he looks over, Macho Man Randy Savage in the laundromat with my dad in Sudbury, Ontario. That is amazing. After a house show. I was living with my mom in Sarnia at the time, but my dad got him to sign just a white piece of paper. Yeah. Because he's like, oh my God, that's fucking Macho Man. So he goes over to him. He goes, hey, listen, I just, uh, and it's a small laundromat. It's kind of like behind what used to be a Herbie's drugstore, which is yeah. very old. Yeah, and so it's uh, 
just a small hole in the wall kind of laundromat um, near where my dad used to live. So he would just go there and just decided, all right, so this is what I'm going to do. I'll do my laundry. And then, oh, that's that's for sure Macho Man. Because uh, he's like, yeah, I think I saw something about them being in town. So goes up to him, introduces himself and just says, uh, listen, my son loves wrestling loves wrestling i'm just wondering if i could get your autograph for him and he goes oh yeah sure so what's your boy's name and he so he's like that's brendan b-r-e-n-d-a-n and he goes all right well let's get this going for your son then tell him to keep at it you know and uh sounds like he's got a good father i was like whatever like a little exchange he goes and he goes thank you so much he goes thank you brother or whatever so my god i get a laminated piece of paper i got a birthday and this was just before my birthday yeah so my birthday comes i get my present i open it and i'm like oh that's cool like a great toy i'm like yay that's awesome and then my dad says oh and there's this as well so he hands it to me and I'm like, what is this? Because I'm a kid and it's just scribbling on a piece of paper. And I'm like, what is this? And he goes, well, read it. And I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to sound it out. And I'm like, to Brendan. Okay, to Brendan. Happy birthday. Ma, ma, ma. So you're trying to make out a signature? Yeah. And I'm like, Moss Man Rammy Zap. Macho Man Randy Savage! Oh my god, Macho Man Randy! I was losing it and just screaming and like running in circles and through like through the house, like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! And I'm like, how did this happen? He goes, he was at the laundromat when I was doing my when I was there too. And then you're just like happenstance. Was Elizabeth there? Oh yeah. <laughs> my dad would have noticed Elizabeth for sure. <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. Well that's what we're going out on. That's the last oh, that's it's, it. it's the best. It was the best. Um so now they're both having drinks together and it's wonderful because it's it's one of my favorite stories that my dad just was able to share. Oh thank yeah. you for sharing that with us. Do you have a picture? Do you still have a picture of it to this day or where is that autograph to this day? <sighs> I don't know. I think it got lost in a move or something. Oh. I also like I had a lot of stuff before. I had yeah. a Hulk rules uh tank top with like the Splits in the back, like the original ones, and mm. that's gone. So I don't know, but I know I've lost so much stuff yeah. too from like it hurts, I, but at the same time, just the memory of it that's great. That does it for me. No, that is fantastic. I can see him. I was gonna use the roll of quarters in my match, yeah. Now I'm using it for laundry, yeah. Dig it, uh, <laughs> so perfect. You got to get the tide, <laughs> you know, only if I can ingest this tide like a tide. Pod, you know, like the mix is getting stinky. Yeah. Oh boy. Hey, folks. Um, Brandon, uh, you're at Absolute Comedy in Toronto all this week. Yep. Where are you upcoming after that? Uh, next week, um, I'm in Absolute Comedy in Ottawa, and the week after that, I'm going to be hosting for Gavin Stevens in Kingston uh, during Valentine's Day week. And then I'll be back in Kingston a couple, two or three weeks after that to headline. Oh, I thought you were going to say to close it off. To close, <laughs> to close, <laughs> to close, to close, to close off the club. <laughs> to close it off. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't have Kingston dates yet because we're, we're waiting yeah. to see what happens. Let's see when the lease gets renewed. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening with that lease? Folks, uh, I am Casey Corbin. Let's see. This weekend, I'm in Stainer and in Hamilton this weekend and uh telling jokes i don't even there's private shows or their fundraisers i don't know and i wish i had more details but uh i'll tell you one thing i'll be watching wrestling at some point brandon where can we find you online uh you can find me on instagram at mckeegan uh otherwise i'm at brendan mckeegan for everything else uh brendan throws a wicked jumping kick in almost every picture i just don't know how to pose he just doesn't have pose <laughs> so, it so to do but the jumping kicks. kick looks great so uh folks uh thank you for letting us uh oh before we go, uh, remember, 
postcards. Oh, I'm supposed to announce a winner today. That's going to happen next week because I forgot about it today. So next week, if you've uh, sent in a review, next week we'll announce the Ricky Steamboat winner of the postcard. Sorry that we didn't get to it this week. The show's went a little long. I apologize. Next week we'll do it right off the top of the show. Um, Thank you uh, for being with us. Also remember, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. And uh, if you want to send us in five stars and a review, we will get you a postcard of an 80s wrestler. Uh, We're going to get back to doing that. And I got a lot of postcards to send out because I've seen a lot of reviews coming in. Thank you very much for your reviews. Uh, We appreciate that. At Twitter, uh, at TNWPod, Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram, Talking Wrestling at Gmail. Hit us up. Uh, thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears for an hour or so. And uh, thank you for listening to Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.